and Tanya showed up at Patty's door, dropping in on the way to Alaska. No talk about why Juno, were they meeting anyone, no hints about who the father was. Patty wondered if Lydia even knew. Patty was no kid person, and her neck got tight when she saw the toddler holding Liddy's hand, expecting some wild little brat given the circumstances. Her niece turned out to be sweet and quiet, kind of pretty with wispy white-blonde hair, searching green eyes that would have fit a middle-aged woman, and restless hands. Drop-in stretched to a ten-day stay. Patty ended up deciding Tanya was real cute, not much of a pain if you didn't count the stink of dirty diapers. Just as suddenly as she'd shown up, Liddy announced they were leaving. Patty was relieved, but also disappointed. You did okay, Lyd. She's a real little lady. Standing in her front door, watching as Lydia dragged the kid out with one hand, toted a battered suitcase with the other. A yellow cab idled at the curb, belching smog. Lydia flipped her hair and grinned. A lady? Meaning not like me, Pats? Oh, stop. Take it for what it was, said Patty. Hey, said Lydia. I'm a slut and proud of it. All I meant to say was she's great. You can bring her any time. Smiling at Tanya, she bent a bit and talked softly. You're a good girl, a real little lady. Tanya laced her hands in front of her and mustered up the most painful little smile Patty had ever seen. What's in Juno? Patty asked Lydia. Snow? Lydia laughed and her boobs bounced, barely restrained by a hot pink halter top. Stay warm, she said. Oh, yeah, said Lydia. I got my ways for that. Taking hold of the little girl's wrist and pulling her toward the car. Patty went after them, bent to get eye level with the kid as Lydia handed the suitcase off to the cabbie. Nice to meet you, little Tanya. That sounded awkward. What did she know about kids? Tanya bit her lip, chewed hard. Now, here it was thirteen months later, and the kid was back at her door, tiny as ever, wearing saggy jeans and a frayed white top. This time she stared straight up at Patty. A rumbling red firebird was parked exactly where the cab had been. The hood thumped like a fibrillating heart. As Patty hurried toward the car, the firebird peeled out, Lydia's platinum shag barely visible through the tinted glass on the passenger side. Patty thought her sister had waved, but she was never really sure. The kid hadn't moved. When Patty got back to her, Tanya reached in a pocket and held out a note, cheap white paper. Patty took Tanya's hand and read the note. Dear Big Sis, you said she was a lady. Maybe with you she can really turn out to be one. Little sis. Not a whodunit, said Milo. A did it even happen? I said, you think it's a waste of time. Don't you? I shrugged. We both drank. We're talking terminal illness probably went to a brain, he said. That's a mere layman's theory. 1.30 p.m., a cool Wednesday afternoon. We were at a steakhouse a couple miles west of downtown, facing up to massive T-bones, salads bigger than some people's lawns, 
icy martinis. At 9.30 that morning, I'd been working a crossword puzzle when Tanya Bigelow phoned to tell me her mother had died of cancer a month ago and she wanted a session. It had been years since I'd seen her or her mother. I'm so sorry, Tanya. I can see you today. Thank you, Dr. Delaware. Her voice caught. Is there anything you want to tell me now? Not really. It's not about grief. It's something... I'm sure you'll think it's strange. I waited. She told me some of it. You probably think I'm obsessing. Not at all, I said, lying in the service of therapy. I'm really not, Dr. Delaware. Mommy wouldn't have... Sorry, I have to run to class. Can you see me later this afternoon? How about 5.30? Thank you so much, Dr. Delaware. Mom always respected you.